Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox. If you can connect with one, that one will be an evangelist for you and create a whole community for you. You are listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast, where we chase purpose, not money. I'm your host, Patrice Washington, and welcome back. You are in for another treat. You know that this guest, all the guests that we bring to this podcast, are going to challenge you to truly redefine wealth and chase purpose on your terms. Now, if you're brand new here, you may not know what it means to redefine wealth, but you should know that this is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being. And so our guest today is going to help you be well in one of our six pillars of wealth. If you don't know anything about that, I want you to head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here so you can do the free audio training. It's really quick, really powerful, really impactful, and it's gonna break down what the six pillars are because these are the parts of life, the parts of your life that are impacting your finances even when you're not thinking about it. Now, before I get to today's guest, let's jump in to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. Positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. Today's affirmation is I charge what I am worth, period. I have been blessed with unique talents, skills, gifts, and abilities. I was born as the solution to someone else's problem, and for that, I deserve to be compensated. I take pride in my skill set and offer the world my best at all times. I do not do business with people who don't appreciate or value what I have to offer. I reserve my time and energy for those that respect and value what I bring to the table. I am okay with letting unappreciative clients go in order to make room for ideal clients who gladly pay what I charge. Declare with me today, I charge what I am worth period. Today's guest is Carmion Hamilton. She's a Memphis-based interior designer, content creator, and lifestyle blogger spearheading her brand, Newbie Interiors. As the winner of HGTV's Design Star Next Gen and star of HGTV's Reno My Rental, 
Carmian has 15 years of experience in multiple facets of the design industry in every sector from public health care to residential to retail and merchandising. That means this girl is bad, okay? Her work, her story and content is all centered around design and the foundation of her work is discovering the beauty in all things and helping others find beauty in what surrounds them every day. Without further ado, here is Carmian Hamilton. Hi, Patrice. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I'm good. And I am so excited that you said yes to being with us on Redefining Wealth. I'm um, so glad you asked me. So yes, the honor we, is have, <laughs> we have to give a shout out to Shavonda because yeah. hey, what's up, Shavonda? So Shavonda, <laughs> Shavonda and I, who I believe Shavonda will also be on this season of the podcast. We were working on a a little secret project um, together. That's how I met her. And that is how I learned of Carmion. So as soon, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think your show was actually coming out around that time. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. you know, she she shared you and I went to Instagram and I was like, oh my God, this woman is so dope. Like, absolutely. Uh... We need to get her on the podcast. <laughs> and the reason it was so important to me is because, you know, at Redefining Wealth, we, we say that, we understand that wealth is more than money and material possessions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the six pillars of wealth that I speak from truly add to our ability to create the lives we say we want, right? Mm -hmm. Now, one of the pillars that are like the most neglected on the podcast is the space pillar. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, yes, it has been like the most neglected, <laughs> um, mostly because even for me, even though I have an awareness around it, what we tend to attract is people who talk about work or spirituality or, you know, the fitness piece and all that. And all of these things have a place. But this season, I wanted to be more intentional about making sure that we're clear that we have to set our lives up to support us. Mm -hmm. And our environment truly mm -hmm. impacts our energy mm -hmm. and our creativity mm -hmm. and our possibility for getting to the financial wealth that we say we desire. I hear you like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. right? So so you already see that, you know that. So just even knowing that that's a part of the podcast, what are your just initial thoughts? Cause I love how you, mm-hmm, yeah. Yes, and I, I absolutely agree. Number one, like you said, wealth is, a, it's a holistic encompassing of several different pillars, just as you stated. And outside of our physical bodies, our physical envir environments are our second most important thing that are tangible in a way that either uh, is a vehicle to get us to wealth or is something that empowers us and energizes us to get to the wealth that we're wanting. But outside of our physical bodies, which we have control over, you know, we can work out, we can eat right, we can get sleep, like taking care of our physical bodies, but taking care of the environments that we're in. I think a lot of people miss how much our physical environments affect how we feel, how we communicate with other people, how we move about life. And so that is why one interior design is such a passion of mine, but also just getting people to understand that environment is more than just a pretty sofa. Like you need the, you need to understand how much your environment means to your, your wellness. Um, mm. And so you can't, you can't get to wealth if you don't have wellness. So yes, that, that is why I'm so excited to be here today. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you started your design journey back in college after receiving amazing feedback for how you decorated your dorm room. Okay. Indeed. Let me just say this before you even take us back to that time. What an example of how just using your natural gifts mm -hmm. can lead you down the journey. And this is one of the things we talk about on the podcast, Carmion. It's it's this idea that so often we dismiss things that come to us naturally because we're trying to compare and compete with so and so mm -hmm. on the left and so and so on the right. And it's like in college, did you even know? that you could become an HGTV design star one day in college? Oh my goodness. I didn't even know interior design was a profession while I was in college. I took the track of, you know, do what your parents tell you. You go to college, you, you major in either accounting or nursing or 
education or something that's going to make you a lot of money. I went to college to be a physical therapist. Um, I was an athlete. I was like, okay, I love to be around uh, athletes and working in the physical body and wellness. And so I, I had a scholarship, an academic scholarship, and chose the school that I went to because they were a top physical therapy program school. And two years in, I hated it. I hated it, lost my academic scholarship, became an RA to help supplement the cost of school and decorated my dorm room. One of my fellow RAs walked in because, you know, that's the first time you get your own dorm room unless you're like <laughs> paying for something <laughs> where you have your own dorm room. But that was my first time having my own dorm room. Got to deck it out the way that I wanted to. And one of my fellow RAs, who's still one of my best friends to this day, she walked in and she was like, girl, what are you doing with your life? Like, I know you're trying to go the physical therapy route, but you should really check out the design department. And I was like, well, what is this? What is this? What is this design you talk of? And she was like, we have an interior design program that just became accredited. You need to check it out. I was like, say less. My major was changed the next day after 10 minutes with the dean of students. That's That was it. Wow. That was so it. losing that scholarship was a blessing. Amen. <laughs> yes. That was a blessing. <laughs> but I, you know what I love about that? We always talk about how things are not happening to us. They're happening for us. Mm -hmm. Even when it's really hard, because I know in that moment you were like, what am I doing with my life? I know your parents were probably hot with you. Ooh. Let us not discuss the parental. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole entirely different stress. I was already stressed because things weren't going according to my plan. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, definitely not their plan, me losing an academic scholarship and also moving from a very tangible, you know, guaranteed good job uh, major to interior design. I tell people all the time, my dad acted as if I told him I was majoring in coloring books. <laughs> I have never, I was a good kid. I rarely got in trouble. I have never been so scared of my dad ever in life. I think I was 20 years old at the time when I changed my major. He's like, you'll never get a job. You'll never make any money. That's not even a real career what is this? Like, how are you? Like, it was, I was like, oh my God. But it was also the first time I made a decision for myself. Um, so that was even more scary. And then to get the reaction from my parents. Um, but I was like, I'm, this is, this is what feels good to me. This feels right for me. Like, I'm sorry. I love y'all, but this is where I'm going. And to, to look back now and know I was right um in that moment like it's very validating uh you know Ooh. 50 years later <laughs> yeah what a like man trust yourself moment mm -hmm. because you didn't even know it was a major until someone brought it up to you had no idea I always call those like god winks you know like you're not mm. you you know something just comes out of nowhere and you're like okay I'm just gonna follow that Yep. Like that little crumb and keep going down that direction. Like imagine if that friend hadn't gassed you up that day. Like this is why you gash your friends up. You got this, this is gash why, your friends, gash your friends. <laughs> this is why I'm always like, even when people come into my programs and they're like, oh, I'm here for this, but I'm listening to them. I'm watching them. I'm feeling the energy. I'm like, girl, that's not what you, I don't know if that's what you actually do. Mm -hmm. I have so many clients have who have completely pivoted to other things, but they're like, oh my gosh, thank you mm -hmm. for giving me that push or just like saying something or that nudge because mm -hmm. I would have been creating something that I didn't even truly like or want. Mm. And could you imagine had you gone into nursing, where would you be today 15 years oh my later? Gosh. Oh my gosh, I I haven't the slightest clue. I'd probably still be in the in the area around the college that I went to. Um, I definitely would not have the life that I have right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely would not have the life I have. And I wouldn't trade my life, even with all the ups and downs that I've been through since that time, since changing my major, I would not trade this life 
for the possibility of anything else. I I don't want to know what it would have been like. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about like our homes or yeah, our homes, even offices, because you have such a vast background um, and how that connects to our personalities. I, mm-hmm. I think that your home should be a reflection completely of your personality. But I also know people who just kind of move in a space and just deal with what is. What, what yeah. are your kind of thoughts around that? So I... I have always, even unconsciously, have done it since, you know, the time I've had autonomy over the spaces that I've been in. Um, I think I got my own room when I turned 15, and I wanted one of my friends who was an artist to come in and paint a mural in there. Of course, we talked so much, she never finished the mural, but my parents allowed me to make the decision for my room. Um, And then, of course, having my own dorm room and then moving into my first apartment, um, there was a part of me that understood the technical aspect of interior design and how a well-designed space can really elevate your feelings. But when it came to something that was mine and I didn't have to question or ask for permission from someone or ask how someone felt about it before I decided on it, like walking into a space where every decision that you've made to make it look that way is yours. So it is all inherently part of you. And then waking up to that space every day or coming home to that space every day, you don't get that outside of home. You, you, mm-hmm. you, can, you can take bits and pieces of you everywhere to your job. You know, you set up your little cubicle or your desk and little mementos, but there's nothing like having a, split, a space that reflects who you are in a tangible way. And also, as we evolve as humans, having those spaces evolve with us. Like, oh, today I love yellow, or this year I love yellow, and I'm going to paint my bathroom yellow. But next year, I love plum, and I want my bathroom to be plum and have our spaces evolve. It's just, there's nothing like having a tangible reflection of who you are in a space, because that's the only place you're probably allowed to breathe or Mm -hmm. allowed to relax or... Uh, you know, let your guard down when you're away from the world. And something and spaces like that are almost invaluable. You can't, you can't put a price tag on it. Um, And it's almost just as as important as, you know, eating well and Mm -hmm. working out. There's something for the psyche that when you walk into a space that's yours and you get to let go of the day. Yeah. And it's a place to renew yourself and arm yourself to go back out into the world. So personalizing your space is incredibly important. And, you know, with my show, Rental My Rental, I'm focusing on renters who are the last people to make these decisions, trying to make these spaces that they don't own theirs. Like, how do I reflect myself in a space that, you know, I may not be able to knock down a wall, but there's still things that you can do yeah. that you can put on display that mean things to you that you want to see on a day-to-day basis. And so that's what I try to educate people on or inspire people to do, even outside of the show, just on an everyday basis on social media or in blog posts on my website, like just do those things and your body and your mind will thank you for it. I love that you said that because I grew up in... A rental right so I grew up in an apartment and I remember always wanting to paint my room or something and my mom being like we can't change the walls and girl as a kid I don't know why that infuriated me like I, like <laughs> but I it's mine so, yeah I was like so upset so I would like plaster posters everywhere and kind of have like this collage wall or do mm-hmm. whatever I could And it's so funny because now, you know, as an adult, as I've moved from house to house or whatever, the first thing I do is like paint. Like I don't even move in. I'm like choosing colors. Yes. And I think I had gotten so obsessed with the idea of painting. I remember one place that we lived in, every room was like a different color. I was like, I want color everywhere just because I could, right? Yes. Absolutely. It wasn't until I look back and probably processed it in in therapy, not like it was a huge thing, but it was like, why am I so committed to this? Like, Mm -hmm. I 
have this obsession that everything has to be done. But I grew up in a space that was a bit cluttered and there was a lot of us in a two bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. And so it was always like wanting to just like be able to own my space, like any little square I had girl, I was like, it's going to be this. And I want it like that. And I want my stuff folded like that. And it has made me, I may be a little, a little, <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Like I may be a little to the extreme, but like when you're talking about, um, you know, the rentals, what are some things that people can do to make it their own space, knowing that they may not, I think painting is more acceptable now, as long as you paint it back. Yes, like exactly. That. Girl, back in the day, they wasn't having it. Don't touch it. Don't know. But now it's more acceptable. But what are some other things that you can do to truly like make a space your own if you don't own the space? Yes. And yes, painting is my absolute number one favorite tip because one, it's inexpensive. You know, a $50 gallon of paint will go a long way, especially in a rental. Um, and yes, just like you said, most places now are perfectly fine with it as long as you either paint it back yourself or you pay to have them paint it back. What people don't know is most of the time they paint it back anyway when you leave. Yeah. So, so yes, painting and changing the color of a space. Color is the number one um, uh, method of changing a space. The other, the second is lighting. So changing out basic light fixtures for light fixtures that speak to you or that are more decorative or that you love or in a finish that you prefer versus what came with the space changing out overhead light fixtures or adding lamps or, you know, adding uh, strips of lighting underneath your cabinets for under cabinet lighting in your kitchen. But being able to change the lighting levels in a space can absolutely change the mood of a space as well. So paint, lighting, and then artwork. Um, I am a huge fan and connoisseur of art. Um, I have a collection that I'm very proud of and cannot wait to add more to, but my art in my home and in the spaces that I've designed for others, that art is a direct reflection of the people that live in the space. Um, so whether you like abstract art or portrait art or traditional watercolor or whatever it is, that art is going to say something about you, but you selecting that art and uh, finding something in that art that speaks to you and then hanging that on the wall, you get to have that kind of mental conversation with that piece on a day-to-day -day basis and reflect on why you love it or what it says to you that made you fall in love with it in the, per in the first place. Um, so hanging your art on the walls or whether it's a statue or a woven texture or whatever it is, a tapestry, getting your art on the walls, the things that you love to look at, that is, that's number three for me. Hang your I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new-to-me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, what I also love is that Amwar is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoir. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E 
wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Yeah, I love that. And to be honest, I hadn't really considered how much the art in my house actually impacts me mm. Um, mm. until you said that. So for the last few years or the last several years now, every time we go to a different country, I've been drawn to these portraits of like these strong black women or mm. women of color, right? Mm -hmm. So I've mm -hmm. gotten things in Costa Rica, um, in Cuba, when you could still go. Um, I was getting stuff in Cuba. I got things um, like in Mexico or Central America, like I've just picked up things. And it is so true. Sometimes I walk by these different pieces that I have in my house and I do, I do smile. Like, I do feel that sense of like, you know, as a strong black woman, mm -hmm. there's something about seeing myself, I think. Having a art. reminder. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I never really, I, I was drawn to them, but I didn't realize until you said it, how much that actually makes me feel good that I get to walk around my house. Um, I have these these um, beautiful young black girls from Haiti the, in my in my dining room now. And I also am thinking, as you were speaking about my daughter and mm. is she taking I mean, that in? Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Like it could be so yes. subtle, but I'm realizing now I have literally surrounded her in this house with these representations of these beautiful, strong, beautiful, strong black, women. black and brown images. Absolutely. And I didn't do it on purpose. I'm gonna keep it real. That's why I'm just, I'm saying it out loud. It's like, I didn't even think about what messages that may like be creating in her but I, as a as a 41 year old woman i'm like oh wow those inspire me on a daily basis it's the residual effect of taking care of your your imagery and the things that feed you if they are going to have a positive impact on you and this is it's the same effect of you know taking care of you first so you're better at taking care of your family if you are surrounding yourself with these beautiful and inspiring images and your daughter is only going to see how you feel about these things and immediately connect them to positivity, like my mom, these things make my mom smile. So it must be a good thing. So black women, brown women must be a great thing, must be a beautiful thing. And now I want to be that beautiful thing, that great thing. It's, it's a residual thing, uh, especially for the next generation or our kids. And I, I feel the same way with my my son. Um, my home is also filled with very strong images of black people, whether they're black kids or like, especially with a smiling and happy. Um, mm -hmm. That is what I want my son to, to, those are the images I want him to be doused with on a day-to-day -day basis, black joy um, and black beauty. And so if I know if I need it and it does greatness for me, the residual is that it's going to do the same for him in some way or another without me having to say, look at this artwork and tell me how you feel about it. It's just it's just the images that are repeated to us on a day to day basis. Those are the things that create memories and help um, develop the the way we feel about ourselves and also how we go about communicating with the people that look like us. Like we yeah. create this empathy for others outside of our house if we have these beautiful images of them inside of our home. So it's it's a broad, very broad effect um, from the simplest thing, hanging up art that you love. Yeah, that makes me smile. Like <laughs> just the thought of that. Yeah, just the thought of that. Cause I, I didn't do it intentionally but I feel that, I, I feel like what it's done for me, um, for sure on a daily basis. Um, okay, so something else that I know that you love in a space are plants. You're, you're an avid, I see, I saw it. I saw it hanging behind you. I see a little peekaboo on the side. Yeah, okay, wait. <laughs> okay, I love how plants look in a space when I, walk into someone's home and they have a bunch of plants like i'm secretly jealous i'm not even gonna lie i'm like look at all these beautiful plants my grandma loved plants she had such a green thumb i do not the the two or three plants i've tried to have in this house i've been in this house about three years 
girl, they just don't make it. Like they just, <laughs> they just don't make it. I try to talk to them. Like I go mm -hmm. spend time. Mm -hmm. Like what's the thing with plants? What do you believe that they do for a space? And then for those of us who may not be just naturally inclined to keep mm -hmm. plants alive, do you have any words of encouragement <laughs> to offer us? I do, I do indeed. Um, so I absolutely am an avid plant lover. I grew up in a house full of plants. My mother, um, we only had two types of plants in the house that I grew up in. Um, this type, this pothos plant, the vining plant. Um, we had tons of these in the kitchen and she would let the vines grow really long and like drape them over the cabinets and they would be it just filled the kitchen um, and the rest were peace lilies and I can't stand peace lilies I really cannot they remind me of funerals uh, it's not it's, it's not my jam but um, plants are an indicator that someone in this space loves this space and cares for this space so just like you walk into someone's home and go oh my god like I love how plants look in a space and how it feels it's typically because that space feels that much more comfortable you feel that much more comfortable when you walk into that space because it feels approachable someone cared enough to keep these plants alive so i know they care enough to care about the rest of the house don't um, do us like that uh <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> wait a I'm minute just, look, but no i i and i get it plants Plants do that for a space for those of us who want, want to have the capacity to have had the lineage of like our moms have taught us how to do it and all these other things. But our generation, we're one of the first generations that literally left home, went to college, immediately had to work. Like we didn't get to connect with the earth and garden and farm and all of those things like we're we're probably the least connected to nature um as it relates to generations and so it's not a surprise to me that most people can't keep plants alive because we're too busy working taking care of our kids trying to stay alive ourselves drink our water mind our business all of this <laughs> other stuff how am i also supposed to take care of plants too um so for those people who want to incorporate more plants into their lives. Um, the biggest tip that I have is starting with a plant that's simple and easy to care for. And the pothos plant, which is why they are uh, probably the number one plant sold in the country. They are the easiest to care for. They grow in basically any type of lighting environment, whether you have a ton of light like I do in this space or it you have zero light like they will live they may not grow as big and lush without that natural sunlight source but they will stay alive um they also tell you when they're thirsty they will go to sleep before they die like they kind of just wilt like oh somebody give me some water they will visually show you when they need to be watered Ooh. and so and that's usually like every two weeks i like to water mine a little bit once a week, but I have a routine with all of my plants because I have over a hundred of them. So you kind of sorry, ma'am. Wait a minute. <laughs> I knew I read this that you were an avid plant mom. Over a hundred? I have I have over a hundred. Yes. I do. Literally like every room has plants in your house? Um every room, every room in my home has plants in it. Yes. Even the bathrooms? The bathrooms. The bathrooms have it. I even have one in my closet that has zero light, but it is growing in, in my closet. Yes. Yep. This is what, it is you possible. know, <laughs> we're just not all able. Let me tell you, I'm going to start with this pothos because you said it tells me when it's thirsty. It's till, it will tell you when it's thirsty. It absolutely will. And I think a lot of people treat their plants like pets. Like you got to feed your pet and give it water every day. Like plants don't need all of that. You have to remember they come from nature. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what they're doing outside. So you have to give them a little autonomy when you bring them inside. The only thing you have to be is the weather. So you give them a little water but you don't want to drown your plants. You don't want to give them water every day. You, they only need the water when they're thirsty. So giving them water when they're thirsty. 
Um, the other thing they get from nature is a little bit of fertilizer and fertilizing throughout the couple months that is their growing season, which is typically summertime, you know, put a little liquid fertilizer in their water. Every other couple of waters is, is not really that big of a deal, but getting a plant that will survive in just about any type of lighting condition is a good start. And then just checking on it every couple of days. I'm stressed just thinking about <laughs> I want to get this. <laughs> well, the 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 next point after that is if you don't have the capacity for it, go get you some faux ones. But I say go get the good faux plants. Like don't get the ones that I mean, I don't want to, you know, name names, but there's good faux and there's bad faux. So the more realistic it looks, it will give you more of the effect of walking into somebody's house with real plants. Um, they are more expensive, but I tell people you're paying more money for something that will not die and you don't have to take care of it. So that's what you pay more money for. You don't have the responsibility of it. You just get to love it because it's pretty. Um, and usually uh, big, box, big box brands or more higher end brands like a Crate and Barrel or a CD2, they will have faux plants that look a lot better than what you'll find at like a, you know, a hobby store or something yeah. like that. So just go for the good, good faux, put it in a really nice planter, decorative planter, and that that's the the alternative to taking care of you know when i started podcasting i had nothing no fancy equipment no cover art no theme music i just had this burning desire that i was supposed to use my purpose of helping people redefine wealth in the podcasting space and so with some intentional planning i launched what became the redefining wealth podcast in just three weeks that was four years ago and today, the Redefining Wealth podcast has over 9 million downloads. We've interviewed everyone from celebrities to entertainers to authors and thought leaders. We've been featured everywhere from Success Magazine to Cosmopolitan and even Good Morning America. Now, why do I share all that? Because I'm not special. The truth is, this started with leaning into my purpose and being willing to use my voice in a powerful way. And I bet that there's something that's calling you as well, something that you need to use your voice to amplify in the marketplace. So I wanna help you do that. If you're finally ready to use your voice and launch a podcast that aligns with your purpose, I wanna invite you to check out my intentional online training, Podcast with Purpose. You can find out more details at podcastwithpatrice.com. That's podcastwithpatrice.com. Your purpose deserves to be amplified. And I want to help you do that. Carmia, when I start tagging you on Instagram on my plant expedition, don't act brand new. That's all I'm I saying. I will not. Look, don't act I brand new. Not. I'm going to start with, I really desire <laughs> to keep a real plant alive. Like, I really, really do desire that. So I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. And I tell you go for something like a pothos and they come, I mean, they're available at grocery stores. I get, I get most of mine from my Kroger. Um, Kroger is actually one of the largest uh, plant suppliers and flower suppliers in the country. So you can start small. And another thing is to put it somewhere that you'll see it, like in the kitchen. Like the I kitchen. have one right beside my sink in the kitchen. And it's a little tiny one. It's a, it's a pothos just like this. It's a tiny one, but when I see it going to sleep or needing water, it's my indicator to water everybody else. Like, okay, if you're thirsty, somebody else is thirsty. But having some in a place where you'll see it every day, you're gonna look at it, you can stick your finger in it. If it's all dry and dusty in there, that's another indicator it needs some water if it hadn't gone to sleep yet. But putting it somewhere you'll see it is a really good uh, tip for like a new to plant parenting person. Okay. Okay. And you, you're thirsty. Somebody else is thirsty. Do these hundred plants have names? Do you talk to them as you water them? I do talk to them. I'm usually, when I'm talking to my plants, I'm usually apologizing. Cause I'm like, Ooh, you know what? My bad. I've been out of town for two weeks. Uh, I forgot to tell Colin to water y'all. Hi Colin. Colin's my assistant. Um, 
So I'm usually apologizing to them. Most of them have names. I gave the first probably 20 of them names. The rest of them are uh, either new additions or gifts or something I've propagated. Like I've cut pieces from my main plants and made smaller plants. So they're the babies of my main plants. So not all of them have names, but uh, I do talk to them. Um, and if you are wanting to expand, if you've tackled, you know, you've nailed taking care of that one plant and you want to expand your collection, I tell people to stick with the type of plant that you've already nailed. So just go get another pothos or go get a plant in the pothos family that has the same type of uh, lighting needs and watering needs, like sticking with what you know is the best place to keep the stress down um, and to help, you know, accelerate success. Just stick with what you know. Oh, that's not a word. <laughs> that's a word for life. Stick with what you know. <laughs> okay. Again, don't act brand new. I will be attacking you on, on my, uh, plants, <laughs> my plant expedition. So, <laughs> Last year, you had the privilege of competing on HGTV's Design Star Next Gen, mm -hmm. and you transformed dreary spaces week after week into these stunning environments. And not only did you win Design Star, and you got some cash, didn't you get some cash? Yeah, I got a little bit of money. Oh, well, so I got a little cash, but yeah. you also won the opportunity to host your own show, which you mentioned. Um, walk us through that season. Of, of life and just how that opportunity came about. Cause I'm sure there's someone who's like recognizing that they have suppressed their, their gift of, you know, maybe design or interior design. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift that just has been laying dormant, but you know, how would you encourage them and just kind of share some of like what you experienced? Um, well, I've always, um, from very early on shared my, life and my story. I started a blog 12 years ago. Um, and from the beginning, it, my blog started talking about my relationship with my then boyfriend who became my husband. Um, but I also started the blog right when I moved into my first apartment. So I was showing my family and friends like what I was doing to my apartment and how I was updating things. So it, I've always been a sharer and storyteller. And Instagram came around not too long after that. And I was one of the early adopters and shared there. And as my career began to change, you know, I started in healthcare design, designing hospitals and physical therapy clinics and nursing homes. I did that for almost five years. And then later started my own company, Newbie Interiors, where I work with residential and commercial clients and then working in retail. So my blog and Instagram was just, it became my portfolio for everything that I was working on. So um, as someone trying to sell themselves as a designer and gain clients, I would show what I was capable of from building furniture and sewing to designing before and after spaces. Um, you know, my platform grew and also producers of TV shows started calling or DMing at the time. And that's how I got the opportunity to be on Design Star. A uh, casting director sent me a DM and I had already gone through several rounds of interviews with other projects and things that never went anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And at that point, uh-huh. At that point, I was very much over it. Like, I don't want to sit down and do these Skype interviews anymore. Um, so when he reached out, I ultimately was like, you know what, thanks, but no thanks, I'm not interested. And he said, no, we're really serious. We really want you. It's a project we really think you'd be perfect for. And I'm like, all right. So I went through the interview process, um, still not knowing what the project was. Of course, the project typically doesn't have a name or they can't tell you or whatever it is. So I'm going through this entire process. This was um, very early, February, 2020. Um, the pandemic happens. I don't hear anything for a while. And then this casting director comes back. He's like, sorry, the pandemic has thrown everything off, but we're still interested. We're just trying to figure out how to make this project happen in a pandemic. Like, please keep us in mind. Don't, don't think we've forgotten you. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say, sir. <laughs> 
Um, and at the time my business blew up because of everyone being at home and me taking on virtual clients literally a week before the pandemic happened. I opened up my business virtually. So my business exploded. Wow. And I didn't hear back from the production team until probably the end of the summer. And by that time, I'm like, I don't need, I don't need no TV show. My business is great. I'm good. Like, no, they came back like, okay, we're ready to go. We figured it out. Like, cool. Y'all could call somebody else because I'm good over here. Um, but it really took my friend and my husband convincing me, like, when are you going to get the opportunity to do TV ever again? You know, your business is doing great. And as long as you want your business, you can have your business. These people have wanted to work with you for years. They'll wait a couple of weeks till you get back. And I'm like, I mean, outside of that, I still have a husband and a son yeah. that I thought needed me. <laughs> and my husband's like, no, I got it. Go, go do this thing. And he's always, he's a, he was always very much a huge supporter of me, like just going and do the thing, like go fly. He would, he would tell me that all the time, go fly, mm -hmm. just go fly. And so I went, I left for five weeks, competed on this show, hardest thing I've ever done. Um, one and came home. It was a few days before Thanksgiving and I had to come home and pretend like nothing had ever happened. Uh, I couldn't tell anybody. Because it was a big secret. Yes. Had to pretend Girl, how like long did you have to keep that secret? I had to keep the secret for three months. I thought I was going to have to hold it for six, but they moved up the premiere to line up with the launch of the Discovery Plus app. We thought the show was going to premiere on HGTV, which was going to take six months. Um, but we got a notification. We got all got emails like, okay, change of plans. We're going to use it to launch the Discovery app. Um, so the show's premiering in like three weeks. And we were like, oh my God, okay. So we literally got the email and they were like, okay, start promoting the show. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And so all of 2021 was about promoting Design Star, watching everyone watch me win and compete every week. And then after the world found out I won, like immediately uh, the production company called and said, okay, we need to start talking about your show. What type of show do you want? And going through that creative process. And by June of, 20, of 2021, yeah, June of last year, we started shooting my show. And that was six weeks. And it was an amazing process, completely different from Design Star. You go from being a competitor where you can't talk to anybody to being the star of the show. And everybody's like, do you need coffee? Can we get you anything? Do you need a fan? Are you hot? Makeup, please. Like all of these things, like entirely different process. And it went so quickly. Like when Design Star, shoot your show show premieres a month and a half after you wrap, which almost never happens. Girl. Um, so it was just the fastest process. Like I looked up and was like, none of this existed a year ago. None of this existed a year ago. It wasn't even a thought a year ago. And here we are. Like I've been on a design show, competed. I won. I made a TV show. It's wonderful and successful. And like, this is my life now. Um, so <laughs> for a tip for anyone, like put your work out there, just put your work out there, do the work. If it's something you care about, make space for it, create the platform for it, whether it's Instagram or your own website, do and show your work and literally build it and they will come. <laughs> oh my gosh that is so good like I just thank you so much for sharing that whole story because I I know just from the community uh communities of women that I serve that there are so many best kept secrets whether it's design or you know whatever we have so many women in this community that are brilliant mm. and they are afraid to mm. put it out there. They're yeah. afraid because it doesn't align with what their families wanted them to do. Mm. They're afraid because they're scared of trolls. They're right. afraid because they're scared people will have an opinion, which folks are entitled to their opinion. Like I know that everyone who sees your work doesn't love it. And I think the thing that really, um, you and Shavonda are both brilliant and you're so different, yes. right? Like 
and again, I, I have to get Siobhan on the show, but you guys are so different, yet you both create these brilliant, beautiful spaces. But like you have a white wall behind you. Siobhan would never. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, and it's okay for folks not to get it, not like it, whatever. Right. But I love that you said, just put your work out there. Because you, you don't know who's watching. Exactly. Exactly. And that is always my thing. You never know who's watching you, you can't put your work out there expecting millions of people to fall in love with it. You can put your work out there and it reach one person. You're only trying to reach one person every time. Like every time I share something, create something, I'm only trying to connect with at least one person. And if you can connect with one, that one will be an evangelist for you and create a whole community for you. Like you're only trying to connect with one. You serve the one, you serve the people that you can, you can reach. And I think that's where a lot of people's fear come from. They feel like they're posting for millions of people to see mm -hmm. and maybe millions of people will see it. But in the reality of it, it's probably only gonna be seen by this many people. So if you can create for the few that you can truly connect with, then being able to grow and connect with the millions will come and be that much easier by the time you get there. But if you can't create for the few now, just put it out there for the one, even if that one is you. If you can't right. do that, you are not prepared to get to the millions. Like, well, you shouldn't even be worried about the millions if you can't even create for you. So Say create that. for the <laughs> Create that takes baby <laughs> steps. You worried about millions. And you exactly. Say, oh, wait a minute. Um, because I love that. We always say that an audience of one is still an audience. It's right? still an audience. And that's that's how I am too. Like if this thing that I put out blesses one person, I did what I was supposed to do today. Like mm -hmm. that's how I look at it. And I always say that there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. Mm. Like there's always, always someone watching who has the power to bless you. So why would you put your attention and focus on trolls or people who are negative or don't like you mm -hmm. i'm out here for the one and i believe exactly. that many of the the ones that see what i do they may have the power to be a blessing to what i'm doing directly or indirectly like you have no idea who's passing your name on who's yes. sharing your instagram profile who's sharing that blog post who's passing on that that one podcast episode that leads to like so many other opportunities yes. and we have to like stay focused on that i think as long as you're being authentic and true to your gift and you just mm -hmm. want to genuinely share your gift with the world i release things and have no attachment to like who gonna say what are they gonna like it are they not right. really doesn't matter to me i'm putting it out there because this is what i feel led to do uh -huh. wherever that goes is where it goes Exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> that's just the energy and spirit. Now, for you, it's gone to TV shows, girl, and I'm so happy for you. Um, <laughs> um, so there's one thing that that I know we have to touch on because you said you're very transparent with your audience, and mm -hmm. you mentioned um, your wonderful husband. Mm -hmm. And I know that during the time of your, um, I think the premiere, the premiere. Mm -hmm. of your show, um, you had the unfathomable you know take place with your husband can you can you just share a, a tiny bit of that and just maybe you know where you are now with that and how you and your son ha have been yes um so my husband um passed away um from a very tragic uh i guess you could call it an accident um, my husband was on his way home on his motorcycle, but was hit by an intoxicated driver in a car. Um, and the day that my husband uh, passed away was the day that Design Star premiered on HGTV. Remember, it was originally supposed to air on HGTV, but it aired on the Discovery Plus app. Um, but six months later, it aired on cable television um, and he had his accident just as my show was premiering on cable. Um, and my show, uh, Rental My Rental, was to premiere after the showing of Design Star. 
And so my husband left me just as my star was about to rise or however you want to call it. Um, But I immediately had to call the network and go, one, my husband is very present on my show. He was very much a part of the show. So I had to let them know, one, what's happening with me personally. I've lost my husband, but also a huge element of the show is now gone. How am I supposed to promote a show mm-hmm. when I'm, I have to grieve the loss of my husband? I have to take care of my son. Um, and so there was there was all of this uncertainty and there were so many facets of my life that he was a part of. I mean, he was part of every single one of them. Um, he was the one that convinced me to do everything that I've done to get me to this point in my career and had been the number one supporter of everything that I attempted to do. And now I'm going into this new phase of my career without that huge element of support and just my person. Like I'm going in without my person in life, but also this huge element of support for my career. And that particular time was very In, in spite of it being tragic, it was probably one of the most transformational times for me personally. Um, it took my husband leaving for me to realize how much he had prepared me to be the person that I needed to be without him to make sure I could stand on my own, that I was confident in my abilities and my talent and who I was as a person. He had poured so much into me over the almost 15 years that we were together. Like he was completely preparing me to be this very strong and independent um, woman that could lead in a way that he would be proud of if he couldn't be there. knowing who I was when I met him and seeing who I am now, they're two totally different people. One was very innocent and green and rose colored glasses and basically a sheep. Like I was out in the world as a sheep could have been picked off and eaten up by the wolves at any moment because I just didn't know any better. Um, But also not completely confident in who I was. Like I just I knew I could do a lot of stuff. I just didn't think it meant anything. Like, yeah, I can do this, but what does it really mean? Um, But to have him pour into me, like, no, you're a star and you're talented and you're great and you're amazing and you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, one of the biggest designers in the world. Like, he would say all of these things to me when we met in college, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're supposed to say all these things. Like, you're supposed to say that. But to have him consistently feed that to me over the years and then for our conversations last summer to be um, like, I told you it was you, like you did it. Everything I saw in you before you've done it. Like I, he was the first call I made when I won Design Star and he was like, I told you it was you. It's been you. And he's like, you're, I I said, I'm the next Joanna Gaines. And he's like, no, you're the first Carmion Hamilton. And to, to have that level of support um, and then have it snatched away, but then to reflect on, you've prepared me for this. You've prepared me to be able to stand in my, in my own right and say, no, this is who I am. This is what I deserve. And, and this is the life that my husband and I have built. And so now let me go make sure that we have that life, even though he can't physically share it with me I can still go out and check off all the things that we wanted to do and wanted to have. And that's been my mission ever since, making sure my son has the life that my husband wanted him to have and also honoring my son's feelings and making sure he's grieving in a healthy way and understanding what grief actually looks like from a healthy uh, lens, not just what we've all seen growing up but grieving in a very healthy way. And so healthy grief and also living life out loud, which was what my husband and I wanted to do um, even before 
any of the celebrity or fame just wanting to live um, because we saw that our parents couldn't do certain things and our grandparents definitely couldn't do, but wanting to make sure that we could live, making sure our son had a childhood that he could stay a child and not have to worry about adult things and helping parents pay bills and all these other things, yeah. like just really wanting to live. And that is, that is what I do on a day-to-day basis. Now I live out loud. I cherish the relationships that I have. I pour into all of the people that surround me and that have poured into me over the last eight months now. Um, and just living a life of gratitude because you never know what the next day may bring. So I just, I live and walk through life with my hands open, like whatever comes, comes, whatever I can give, I will give, but a place of gratitude is my existence on a day-to-day basis. And, and that's where I am today. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. There were so many moments where you were just sharing. Um, and I just got goosebumps, just, Mm -hmm. just the goosebumps. And, um, you know, obviously I, I knew around that time because that's when I met, uh, Shavonda and was praying for you. And I didn't even know you at like, you know, um, honestly, and I always just pray that people have a peace that transcends, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yes, you, you have to grieve. Grieving is a part of life, but they have a peace that transcends all understanding. And one of the things that you said that really resonates with me, um, I'm recently going through a divorce. And so Mm -hmm. while it's not the same, it's still still, a loss. It's still a loss. Right. Mm -hmm. And you still have to grieve that that separation and what you thought it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. But something that you said that reminds me so much of my husband as well is that when we met in college, he would say, I see you on the news. And I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be a journalist. What are you talking about? Or he Mm -hmm. was like, say different things. And so as my career has evolved, and I've been on national, you know, TV shows and talk shows and all this stuff. I I have such a deep appreciation for the season that we had together as yes. a couple because yes. he definitely prepared me to stand in who this Patrice is. Yes. Because 20 years ago, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't see myself the way that he saw me. I didn't mm-hmm. believe in myself in the same way. And so in the same way, I am grateful for the season that we spent as boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance's husband and wife, yes. because it prepared me for who I am today. Absolutely. And um, so I just resonate with that that part so much. And I'm so grateful um, for to you for sharing that. Um, as we wrap up, I wanna ask you these really quick redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. And you're okay. just gonna share the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. All right, how do you define success? Mm. Success for me is having control over my yeses and my noes. So good. Okay. Define wealth in three words or less. Health. Contentment. Um, happiness. Got it. What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? I can see the cover of the book. My dad made me read it right after I graduated college and I cannot think of the name of it right now. Oh, he's going to be upset at me. The man that made me write book reports every summer. (laughs) (laughs) That's my kind of guy. That's the mom I am. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, I cannot, I cannot think of it. Oh man. It escapes me. I do remember another book that he made me read and it changed my way of thinking about lots of things, including wealth and it's Outliers by Malcolm. um, Gladwell. Gladwell. Yes. Yes. It changed my perspective on how to think about everything. And so that it's not wealth driven, but it's, it's a good one. Oh yeah. Well, we talk about wealth holistically, so you could say anything. It would have been fine. Um, <laughs> so, and the last one, fill in the blank. Um, my name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Carmion Hamilton. And to me, the truth about wealth is 
just like success, it is absolutely however you want to define it. Amen. That's that's it. Carmion, thank you so much for being here. Um, how do we stay in touch with you? Is there, oh, wait, you have to tell folks, you got yes. something big that just came out. It just came out yes. this summer. Like, <laughs> how do we support you and like, go see, go ahead. Yes, yes, you can absolutely find me everywhere on any platform under my name, Carmion Hamilton. My website is carmionhamilton.com. I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, everywhere under Carmion Hamilton. Um, uh, my show uh, can be streamed at any time or shows, I should say, Design Star Next Gen and Rental My Rental can be streamed anywhere you can watch HGTV, but go to the Discovery Plus app. Um, and I recently launched a furniture collection, myself and five other Black interior designers partnered with Tov, T-O-V, Furniture who's actually a Jewish based uh, furniture collection or furniture manufacturer that's woman owned that wanted to amplify black voices. And we all got together, designed the voice collection and it launched um, this past spring, but was made available this past summer to sell to the masses. So you can go to Tov, T-O-V furniture.com and buy my furniture <laughs> oh my gosh that's so exciting i'm so 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 happy for you and i just thank pray you. continued blessings for you thank you for all of the tips but all of the inspiration that you give you sprinkle out throughout television and online and everywhere you go um you guys i hope that you had some great takeaways from this episode don't forget your space pillar as you are moving towards building wealth whatever that looks like for you you have to make sure that you incorporate making your space a part of this journey. Like you want it to fit your personality, you want it to feel good for you, and you want it to just represent like the best of you, right? And, and be something that you're proud to walk around. And you want to go get some plants and try not to kill them like like I'm going to try not to kill them. All right. You guys can keep following me um, all over social media. I'm Seek Wisdom PCW. Come on over to our free Redefining Wealth Facebook community um, and just connect with other like minded, not just like minded, like hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. And until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. We'll talk to you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.